Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. Today we'll be starting to look into the topic of patterns, patterns of this world in particular. And as we get a little bit into the lesson and into the study, you'll begin to see what I'm talking about. But we're looking at patterns of this world and how people respond to patterns, human beings, especially behaviorally and with our decisions and what is perpetuated in the world and how that can affect us. So the first verse that we'll go to, a well-known verse, is Romans 12, 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And one thing as we look into patterns, keep in mind that patterns lead to conformity, which just a normal definition of conformity is uh, compliance, especially behaviorally, with standards or conventions. So, you know, you have a certain compliance if you work at a particular organization. There's certain rules, guidelines, culture that they want you to fall in line with, that they want you to begin acting and, and speaking like to meet the kind of behavior that they promote at that company, just as one example. So Romans 12.2 says this, And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We'll just stop right there for a minute. There we have this pattern of the world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And to understand what this pattern is and why we shouldn't be conformed to it, I'm going to add a second verse at this time as we dive into what is this pattern. And this is a pattern perpetuated by the enemy. Satan and the evil angels that fell from heaven, what do they perpetuate on this earth and why do they do it? So this pattern, another word that I use for it to kind of help me understand this topic or this context is think of lifestyles. That means that the enemy uh, promotes certain lifestyles in this earth, certain way of living, of thinking, of making decisions um, in order to draw you away from the word of God. That's really their agenda, and we'll look into that as well. So these patterns of the world are certain lifestyles that are perpetuated. And it's true, when you look at expectations upon a person, and I'm speaking of someone with a limited experience in terms of the country and culture that I'm from, so I don't know what it's like in all the other places across the world, of course, but at least here in the United States, per se, there's typically an expectation, lots of times, of just one example of your life, of many times that, you know, going to school for a certain amount of time, once you finish school, people expect you to get married. If you get married, people expect you to have kids, and on and on it goes. They have these expectations for you. It's almost like in the world, there's these expectations for your life from birth to death of what you should do, what it looks like, when you should retire, how long you should be in a career, when you should get married, all these sorts of things that you don't have to follow but are often pressured upon people to follow these expectations. So when we look at lifestyles or patterns, we want to see what do they promote? What is this lifestyle taking me? What kind of pattern will I get sucked into? So understanding this pattern we don't want it to conform to, we'll take a second break from Romans 12 too. We just wanted to get started there and go over to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. So go to the right in your Bible, Ephesians 2. And chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 say this in Ephesians. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We'll stop right there. One thing you'll notice, this is the course of this world. I like to insert pattern of this world or lifestyles of this world. So one thing of who it's speaking to, it says, you who were dead in sins and trespasses. So he said it's possible to be physically alive, living and breathing, walking and living upon this earth, 
but you're spiritually dead because you're living in sins and in trespasses, breaking of God's law. So it says those who get stuck in these patterns are those who continually commit to lifestyles of sin or giving in to the indulgences of sin. The spiritually dead are the one that gets stuck into these patterns. Also further in that verse, he says, there's this prince of the power of the air, unique description. What it's talking about is the devil perpetuating certain lifestyles and patterns upon this earth. He says, when you're walking according to these ways that lead you into sin, that lead you into desires contrary to God, there's a spiritual entity. There's someone in the spirit that's behind these promptings and these influences, namely the devil and the fallen angels working to lead people astray through these patterns. And this spirit that's at work is characterized by disobedience. He says, those who are disobedient, this spirit is at work in them. And it's disobedience to what? To the word of God. So the enemy is creating and promoting lifestyles, decisions, behaviors that are contrary to the word of God, that leads you in direct disobedience. And one thing that's interesting is there's so many varieties of lifestyles and paths all throughout the world, but they have one thing in common, most of them, besides the walk of Christianity according to the word of God. All these other varieties all lead you away from God's life that he wants you to live and according to the word of God. That's the one thing that all these variety of patterns and lifestyles have in common. And that's what the enemy wants. He doesn't really care which one you choose as long as it's one that's opposite to the word of God. So a little bit in understanding these patterns, again, those who get trapped into sin, who are spiritually dead, you get caught in these lifestyles. These lifestyles are dictated by the evil angels who are working against the word of God, wanting to make you disobedient just like they are. So going back to Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. These patterns and lifestyles in the world that we see in many different ways in, in culture and in, and in society and in our communities, these patterns communicate, teach you something. You know, you have to be taught or given information so that you know how to live that lifestyle, how to make those choices. So these patterns teach us something. And particularly, they influence our thoughts and our desires. And what are these thoughts and desires? What kind of things do these evil patterns and evil lifestyles want us to focus on? Ephesians 2 verse 3, continuing there, you kind of have to stay in, in both of these scriptures for the beginning of this lesson. It says, Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So these lifestyles and patterns do one thing. Get us to focus on the desires of the flesh or the sinful nature. They want us to think and feel according to the desires of the flesh, which are directly contrary to those of the Spirit, so that we walk away from the things of God. It really isn't too complicated when you begin to break it down, and you can begin to see how all this variety and all the influences of the world fall under this one agenda and this one purpose, contrary to the things of God. And what it does is try to inspire conformity. Try to get us to be something different, and to be something different in particular than what God wants us to be. This is kind of the, I call it the agenda of the designer. Those who promote these lifestyles, these evil spirits promoting these lifestyles, want you to be contrary to the things of God. One thing that's very interesting about a way that God designed human beings, because there in Romans 12, 2, it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So human beings, we have this ability, the way God designed us, to conform and transform. 
needed to break that down a little bit of, God, what is this thing that you designed in us? And why did you design it? Because the enemy's trying to use it to make us conform to evil things. So why do we have this ability or why did you create it in us? Well, that word transform in Romans 12 too, in the original language in the Greek, it's metamorpho. And it's where we get the word metamorphosis, to be given a completely new form or appearance. Now, it doesn't mean that we morph into something different physically. It means in our character, in our heart and mind, in our thought processes, in the way we think and feel about things. It's transformable. It's changeable. It can literally metamorphose into something else. God created this unique ability in us to be transformed and changed. Why would he do that? Well, back in Genesis 1, verse 27, the Bible teaches us that God made man, starting with Adam, made man in his image and in his likeness. And what's amazing is that we're made in the image and likeness of God, and we are designed to be in this relationship with him. And one verse to add to this about being made in his image is Colossians 3.10. If you're there in Ephesians, you can just go a couple pages over to Colossians 3.10, and it says this, And have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. Now what that means is that your new man, who you've been made new in, in Christ Jesus by being born again and accepting him, it says is when you continue to dwell and study the knowledge of God, the word of God, the Bible here, he says it actually renews your new man and makes your new man kind of new again and again, according to a certain standard or image, our creator, who is Jesus. Meaning the more that we focus on the knowledge of God and take it in, the word of God, each and every day, it does something to us. God, in the relationship with him, he said, I not only make you in my image and likeness, I put this ability in you to transform or to change. The knowledge that you dwell on will begin to change you. And he did that so as he teaches us, and as we learn more and more about him, that we'll start to transform and be more and more like Christ every day. There's a lot of other verses and teachings from the Bible that go into being made like Christ. And this is really at the heart of it. The information that you dwell on has an impact upon you. God made you that way so that you can become more and more like him as you spend time with him and learn about him. I mean, how amazing is that? So it was really a good and amazing purpose. But we see here with these patterns and lifestyles promoted by the enemy that I say it like the enemy hijacks this process. He knows a little bit about it that if he can get us to focus and feed on other information as opposed to the knowledge of God, worldly desires, fleshly desires, lifestyles, thoughts, bad information, negative information that the world feeds us, that it will once again trigger that transformation process. We'll be made to look like that bad information. Our behaviors, actions, decisions will begin to reflect worldliness as opposed to God. Whereas if you again, if you dwell on the Bible and the Word of God, you're transformed to Jesus and follow those desires and those thoughts. Pretty simple about what you set your mind on. One verse to add to that, to understand this process that God made in us. Human beings, we have this ability to transform, which is crazy. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. It says right there very clearly that as whatever you think and dwell about eventually becomes you. That's why God teaches us to meditate on his word day and night. He knows that contrary information will be presented to us and try to get us to be changed to something opposite of Jesus, when really we need to be changed to be more like Jesus each and every day.
So the enemy seeks to hijack this amazing process God designed us with that was made for the relationship with him. Proverbs 23, 7, again, go back to that to understand that more. And Romans 8, 5 is another verse to kind of help us understand the power made within our minds and the information that we dwell on according to God's design. So go over to Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Again, another straightforward concept. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. So what he's saying is not only what you dwell on eventually becomes you, he says if you set your mind on spiritual things, you'll walk after the Spirit. Your behaviors, your decisions, your actions will follow what your mind's set on. Or if you're set on the flesh, its desires and that information, naturally you'll walk towards it. So not only does it determine who you are, but it determines what direction you'll walk in the things that you'll do. So once you have a better understanding, according to these scriptures, of how God designed you to be, now you can start to take it under your control and say, I'm not going to let in this bad information that's trying to get me to fit or conform to a pattern of worldliness opposite the word of God. Instead, I'll think about the things of God. I'll learn to be more like Jesus every day, and it's not just learning to be like him in a figurative sense. There's literally a transformation happening in me whenever I let in the word of God and stay dwelling on the things of him. Very powerful indeed as we dive into here patterns of the world, how the enemy uses them. This is just a little bit of an introduction using mainly, again, Ephesians chapter 2 in the first couple verses, as, ro- as well as Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Now, there's a few other pieces to understanding the designer's agenda. Why does the enemy, Satan and the fallen angels, why do they create a pattern this way? What are they hoping to gain from it? We can also dive a little bit more into the process of the worldly pattern. How exactly do these patterns work? How exactly do these lifestyles allure and draw us in to things contrary to God's word? Does the word explain it? Absolutely. From there, and this will be for other parts, again, this is just an introduction, but we'll be looking into then how do we break the pattern? Now that we know that there's a pattern, we'll look into how it works, what's the agenda behind it, now, how in the world do we break that pattern set by the enemy to draw us away from the things of God? And on terms of breaking that pattern, how do we conform to a better pattern, that of Jesus? How do we look to a standard beyond ourselves, beyond this world, and use that transformation process God put in us for good according to his design with the help and the leading of the Holy Spirit? So much more to dive into in terms of patterns of the world. Hope you stay tuned for later episodes as we unfold and look at exactly God's crystal clear look, according to his word, about how the enemy is operating and how we can guard against it. And as last time, we'll we'll end with a prayer that helps us solidify this information, give our hearts to God to help us learn more as well. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this introduction to patterns of the world. By your word, may you expose the enemy and teach us things how to elevate this Christian life by your spirit, how to understand how to operate and move, and to understand more about how you designed us and why you did, and how it's all for the purpose of the good and the strong relationship with you, and how to defeat the enemy at every turn as well. Thank you for revealing your word by the Holy Spirit. May we use it for the benefit of your kingdom and not for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.